Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Catherine. Jennifer. Hi. Hi. Hey, Happy it? Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I love Wednesdays. Why? Nobody puts a needle in me. Oh, yeah. It's a real good reason. That is, huh? a, good, that is a good reason. Yeah, I get I to was, act like a normal fucking person on a Wednesday and a Sunday. I was thinking of the Vine. Have you seen the one where it's a guy dressed as Spider-Man? And he goes, it is Wednesday, my dudes. Yes. <laughs> so that's now a GIF. And um, yeah. the workplace, like, instant messenger system we use is called Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. And it has a very robust GIF keyboard. Oh, and that's one of them? Yeah, it has, like, a bunch of, like... It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> For every day of the week, it also has a bunch of, like, wiener dogs dressed as, like, different Halloween costumes. And it'll just be, like, wiener dog in a costume that walks into the screen and it says, like, it's Thursday. Okay. There's My favorite gif is a guy standing in a dark, like, lightly lit um, kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he's just wearing a white t-shirt and he's got two, like flanks of salmon and he slaps them together oh why does that exist i don't know everyone tell us your favorite gif right there are some real esoteric ones out there guys take a look wow this is gonna be uh this is some great content um indeed welcome to the show welcome to the podcast let us be your guides oh yeah it's good that's a good okay but uh, i hate him can't say that oh i can't roasted listen he's fine i'm sure he's a fine person i just he seems smug to me and so i have a very slow patience for him if you want good comedy uh check out daniel sloss or james a caster or can confirm doing that james a caster is a delight and a gem and he has a podcast and we should be friends with him oh yeah um anyway yeah i had to ban david from listening to that music and in my presence because it's I so fucking catchy. could not fucking sleep. I was waking up in the middle of the night yes. singing Bo Burnham songs. Yeah. Uh, so even though Dan knows how I feel about Bo Burnham, the song um, I Made You Some Content. This is definitely how I feel about, yeah. Yeah. Made so, you your favorite open wide. So there is this other song and it's loosely related, but... Um, it became my theme song when I was in the hospital, uh-huh. and it's called The Entertainer by Billy Joel. Oh, As you yeah, know, yeah. I fucking love Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> you can roast me about that all day. That's fun. Okay. It's well-deserved. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so Dan got really, not frustrated, but like slightly creeped out by my customer serviceness with the nurses. Ooh. Like... Here I am actively dying. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm telling jokes and being witty and making everybody else's day possibly better. possibly be an inconvenience. Exactly. To anyone. Exactly. I understand. And Dan's like, could you just stop? Like, you don't have to be on stage right now. And I was like, I that's do. what you think. Oh, <laughs> like, that's, I have to when make everybody love me. I thought you were thinking of like the classic ragtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. So... I want you to listen to this Billy Joel song. Everybody, listen to this Billy Joel song. It has the most annoying synth sound oh, from no. like the late 80s, like 1986. It's almost like a synth harmonica sort of sound. Yeah. It's like... Oh, it might be... Hey. What? It might be a synth version of The Entertainer. Oh. 
interesting. We'll, we'll a connection has been later. made. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. Mm. So that that song is not about me, but Dan thinks it is about me because I can't switch off ever. Oh. So you want to do a podcast? Let's because do a podcast. Not enough people paid attention Speaking to me today. <laughs> needing to entertain people. <sighs> oh. So. One of the things that we are very fortunate to have is uh, listeners who are smarter than us. And we were granted um, a, a long message. An audience. Yeah. With a smart person. It was fantastic. Um, and she was so polite. She was like, I really hope you're not offended and this isn't obnoxious, but mm. I just had some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about me, isn't it? No. No. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope you're not offended, but Jen sucks. Right, Jen's <laughs> awful. You should kick her off the show. Yeah. Also, we want to see your tits more. Oh. Deal. They're out right now, guys. You're welcome. Only on OnlyFans. <laughs> we should start an OnlyFans. Girl. So I want you, It's it, this is a many paragraph message. Okay. Um, from listener Danny C. Okay. Um, Danny C. is an NYC historian <gasps> who's actually done an episode on TSWFF uh, on her own podcast. So TS, the oh. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. On her she, own show. What is it? She didn't say, and I, didn't, I was in line at Culver's, and I didn't think to ask. Girl! Danny, could you please tell us uh, what it is? Drop your, the name of your podcast. Let's be podcast friends. We're podcast friends. And also, let us promote you. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, she, I'm just going like, to give you a quick overview. I might post the entire message from her in our group, because it's it's a lot, and I don't want to like just read it, people. You know, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the nightly news. Oh, you mean like... As opposed to what I do every time we record. Girl, why are you bent on roasting yourself today? I'm just feeling it. I don't know. Do I need to build you up? Do you need a hug? (laughs) I will give you a slightly sweaty hug. (laughs) To do your daily affirmations in the mirror. Right, guys, can everybody please tell Jen she's pretty and smart? No, Because apparently she doesn't believe us today. Stop. Oh, no. Somebody might give her a compliment. The worst thing that could ever happen to Jeffrey. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so... Working 12 hours at the factory, 12, I'm sorry, working hours at the factory were 12 oh. hours a day with one lunch break, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Fuck that noise. Yeah. I worked nine hours today and I had to get home, go home, poop, get immediately naked and lay down for an hour. Yeah. Okay. That's good information to know because I, I yeah, I just yeah, didn't, just have, didn't a have a clear it. answer on that. No, she's never in here. Is she like, Jen sucks and her research was trash? Mm-hmm. She was just like, I've worked on this site because she's in New York City. And yeah. Well, because you're right there. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The building was marketed as fireproof, which is why it was undamaged, <sighs> but they didn't do the insides to yeah. make that fireproof. Oh, that's very Titanic, huh? It happened at a really weird transitional time in the Industrial Revolution where the buildings were suddenly becoming skyscrapers thanks to steel framing and the elevators being invented. But things like fire truck ladders hadn't quite adjusted to buildings that oh, height. that's really interesting. Right? I didn't know that. So that's why the ladders were too short and the hoses mm. couldn't reach. Uh-huh. The Washington Square Arch, yep. which we referenced, yep, yep, yep. was actually there. Okay. So that is a mistake on our part. Um, it was put in at the end of the 19th. Yeah, we talked about it. You were like, what? Um, you were trying to tell people where in the city we well, were. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, okay, yeah. yeah. And then we were like, ah, but that wouldn't have been there yet. Okay. But so she's correcting us, and she's correct. Um, it was put in at the end of the 19th century to celebrate the centennial of George Washington's inauguration. Oh. I actually read a book, fictional, where someone watches the fire from atop the arch. Not impossible at the time, just tricky. Yeah. The families did get a payout, oh, but good. only $75 per dead person. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the work, the insurance payout gave the owners what amounted to four hundred per dead worker. Are you kidding? Right? Are you shitting my dick? Are you fucking? 
joking. And of course they kept it. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Um, Frances Perkins, baby from Dirty Dancing, was named after her. So Frances and, you know, oh. the character. Uh-huh. Um, she was in the crowd and she watched everything happen. It's what got her so fired up to become the Secretary of Labor, the first female cabinet member. Mm. Um, and she pushed through a bunch of reforms that have saved countless lives since. Uh, we stand a queen. Yes, we do. The kissing people... Mm-hmm. were heterosexual. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> they weren't ever definitely identified, though there were guesses. Okay. Uh, there were about a dozen men who died, though most survived exactly how you're imagining right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really recommend the book The Triangle by David Vondrell. Uh-huh. It's amazing, and he's the one who headed up the work to identify the last of the victims in 2011. Oh, right. He yeah. tells the human stories, not just the facts. Fantastic. Um, I hope this comes across as cool, new facts, and not obnoxious correcting. I love oh, sharing please, facts. please, please. Okay. Well, I I only got self-conscious because there's nothing that makes me more self-conscious than telling a story that I've done some stupid Google research on sure. to someone who's like... Who knows what they're about. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know what I think? Thank you for being so nice. Oh, yeah. You're amazing. Yeah. So I think that we are... We in our show are infantry right like we've got yeah, the yeah, ak-47s yeah. we're on the front lines baby <laughs> giving you the oh absolutely go ahead where are we we're on the front lines baby bringing you the 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 hot news the hot goss from wikipedia you definitely had a different take on that mine was much more violent okay i thought of us as wielding ak-47s yeah of information just kind of spray and pray Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas people like Danny are we more are like snipers. Of, we are part of God's army evangelists. Hey, Sorry. let's not it just put me in there. triggered that. a lot of <laughs> my repressed evangelical trauma. No. You just made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that was, that's a whole running theme, though. No, no, yeah, I know. I, I remember the you 2000s. Went to yep. <laughs> I, try, I tried really hard to be into God. I really <laughs> tried. Anyway, uh, yeah. Just didn't no, take. That's just to say that. We are capable of doing good research, but this is not that kind of show. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're here for the dick jokes. Um, yeah, we are the AK-47s. Anyway, so, Danny, thank you for writing in. Guys, yeah. anytime you want to, like, write in and be super nice to us and give us more information, please do. Yeah. We'll never be upset about that. Yeah, well, unless If you, you write in and you're like, fuck you and you're too loud and also you're ladies who swear, no, we we're will, not going to listen. We will laugh and we will uh, print it out and hang it on our wall. Yeah, we will. <laughs> On our fucking wall. Why haven't we? We should do that. We should. I, we should have like a wall reviews. of hate. <laughs> Organize them into Kate pile and Jen pile. See who has more. It's me. That's big. No, I've okay. read all the pages. Yeah, it's okay. me. <laughs> anyway, people super. People either super love me or super hate me, and there is no middle ground. I am neutral. That's yeah. That's fine. Okay. Um. So. While we're on news, Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to tell everybody that there is another strike on. We are actually going to be in kind of an epidemic of American strikes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So America, thank you. Jen took my clicky pen away. Yeah. (laughs) You're like holding it right by the mic. (laughs) Um, So right now in America, we've lost 700,000 Americans, Mm -hmm. right? Just from from the pandemic alone. Mm -hmm. We have also lost additional Americans on top of that to things like cancer and AIDS and car crashes. The usual causes of death. Exactly. Um, And therefore, the workforce, uh, and also if you factor in like people who are now disabled because of long COVID, Mm -hmm. we have taken a huge chunk out of the workforce. It's just like the Black Plague. I was going to say. Every time there's a plague, 
Mercury. <laughs> yeah. Mercury is in retrograde, guys. You are going to hear us fucking struggle. Feudalism is ending. Right. Exactly. So the, the low wages and um, Americans basically haven't gotten a raise since the Reagan administration. Uh, yeah. In America right now, the average um, like federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. Jeez. Not, Nobody can rich people live on lot, that. Yeah, that's, and it doesn't look like it's going to be improving anytime soon. So mm-hmm. uh, there is a massive amount of striking that's just about to happen. And as you know, the show is union strong. Yeah. Uh, and we support those. So I'm going to use our platform to talk today briefly, briefly, briefly about the Kellogg strike. This is our union update. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's the same union as last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Um, B, C, G, T, M, mm-hmm. uh, bakers, confectioners, tobaccoists, yeah. um, general millinery, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of those people for Kellogg's now are striking. So the items that you're skipping in your grocery store are Kellogg's branded. Um, for example, Pop-Tarts, Rice Krispies, Corn Flakes. Cheez-Its. 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 I know. That's that was a big blow. Cars, uh, water crackers, which are the only ones that have low enough sodium for me. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to skip them because we are not scabs. Mm -hmm. And I would appreciate it if you wouldn't be either. Uh, And also, uh, this is still developing, but the IATSE uh, union, the the film crews that produce uh, all your Netflix shows, it's specifically uh, more targeted at streaming services because back when these contracts were decided years ago, Netflix was brand new and they were like, oh, we don't know how successful this is, just a new thing. So it's called new media still, even though Netflix and other streaming services are like omnipresent everywhere and winning Emmys and Golden Globes all over the place. And so, and they're still like making their crews work like 14 hour days which is with, in like, addition to being shitty and just yeah. feels bad mm-hmm. it's really dangerous it's dangerous like, they're crashing cars because they are too tired and some of them have and some die and absolutely or know, kill like, other people yeah so uh yeah we might have to cancel our netflix subscription soon so that would be sad but i would do it for yeah, you I, because will, I love absolutely. you i've been on film sets before and i know how hard film crews work and it is insane that they're asking for just 12 hour days five days a week can you imagine can you imagine uh and they're on their feet all the day too so it's not even like a cushy desk job so yeah i i hear you guys and i hope negotiations go well on all fronts we support you um so these are all the modern things you want to talk about the past yeah let's get let's get spooky it's october (laughs) it's spooky season um, yeah, so we decided this week, we, I looked at our list of potential episodes and I was like, you know what? Our matey, it is time for pirates. Yar. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> we didn't do this in time for Talk Like a Pirate Day, but you know. Right. Well, I mean, it's always Talk Like a Pirate Day in my heart. Oh. Yar. In your heart. I, I a thousand percent. <laughs> have a pirate costume ready to roll at this very moment oh you know what i have for years wanted to get a pirate costume for Artie because she is a, is a tripod leg. yeah and i want to get her a little peg like um yeah so we are talking about pirates so not the pittsburgh kind ugh. but the historic <laughs> okay i have a lot of feelings about sports weirdly i know <laughs> 
Uh, my I've so- been to a Pirates game before. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's close to yeah. where I grew up. Yeah. Um, the only people worse than like Pennsylvania sports fans uh-huh. are Chicago sports fans. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like... Well, okay, Pittsburgh has the Steelers, so they arguably have some, like, if you're from my neck of the woods and you want to root for a winning team, you root for the Steelers, because um, otherwise it's the Bills. Um, I understand. Yeah. But um, they're not as crazy as Philly people. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia. You, Philly, you know who you are. Yeah. But I, Philadelphia, where they whip nine-volt batteries at Santa Claus. <laughs> I follow Gritty on all social media platforms. As do I. Gritty's a delight. Um, <laughs> hockey hockey stereotypes don't seem to fit like mm-hmm. football and baseball stereotypes. Yeah. So everybody gets a pass on hockey. Okay. Uh, but that being said, you should probably be a Packers fan from here on out. Mm. Have some class. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now that I've lightly bullied Jen. Again, for the fifth time today. <laughs> I fed you. Yeah, you, you did. Uh, so we've got pirates. Yes. Now, when you think about pirates, what do you think about? Uh, pirates of the Caribbean. Of course. Uh, striped pants. Yeah. Um, parrots. Yeah. Eye patches, bag Absolutely. legs, yeah. all that good stuff. All of those things call mm-hmm. back to what's known as the golden age of piracy. Mm-hmm. But the pirates of the 16th and 17th century, 17th and 18th century, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the golden age of piracy, are not the only pirates. We have had pirates for as long as we've had seagoing We still vessels. have pirates. We absolutely still have pirates today, which me. blows my I'm mind. the captain now. <laughs> Sorry. I... That blows my fucking mind all the time. Yeah. That still exists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was very common in the 14 and 1500s to have um, pirates of the Mediterranean who were coming usually from Muslim doesn't, countries. I'm sorry, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. It does not. <laughs> Right up there with Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, very satisfying to say. Pirates of the Mediterranean. <laughs> right, not as good. Not as good. And that's probably why it's not the golden age of piracy. Okay. Um, now, okay. the golden age of piracy is also informed a great deal uh, by New World Plunder mm. and the Triangle Trade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to get in some deeply problematic. I mean, it's piracy, and I feel like people are like, ooh, whimsical pirates, but like, you know it's not good. It's not good. It's not a good time. It's pretty much a bad time for everybody involved. It's not even great for the pirates. No. Um, I do have some. I do have a couple of things about that. Uh, Jen, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Well, um, I feel like I should go first. Let's do it. Based on what I know is coming. Love it. But I love. I love that little intro uh, to the golden age of piracy because that is when this story happens. Um, that's right. Uh, if you're me, you could only be talking about the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Jen, if I pick you up and throw you out the door, are you the I Flying Dutch Lady? <laughs> yeah, the Flying Dutch Woman. Uh, I looked at, in, in Dutch, it's de vlieg, vliegende Hollander. <laughs> you guys have such a shit language. <gasps> How dare. Apologies to our, our Dutch uh, listeners. Yeah. It, it's not pretty, though. Although I'm not a fan of the Germanics, so I'm taking I'm I'm learning German on Duolingo and so 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 you leave here after my bullying to go home and let an owl bully you. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I, I am so bullied. I am. Duo has me. Yeah. In his clutches. <laughs> I even got him a tuxedo once, and I, he still doesn't shut the fuck I up. I refuse. I will not give Duo that respect. But they have monthly, um, like. 
uh, challenges, like get a, a thousand XP a month. I've gotten every single one since they introduced it. I'm not sure if I'm proud of you or if I should shove I you in a locker. refuse to let that fucking owl down. <laughs> so I was on a similar path with Italian. I was like on top of it and then uh-huh. I started to die. And I had to give up, but I still haven't like uninstalled or stopped. I use the paid for service and everything. You have, you have plus, and you don't use it. Yeah. Oh. Listen, Mm-mm. I I also have like a Fender. This is a full app. line pullover, but yeah, keep going. I somebody should take my credit card away from me. Yeah. I'm not an adult who makes choices. Yeah. You should cancel that subscription. I should. I have the free version, and my streak is 460 days. I'm really gonna shove you in a locker. I'm going to buy a locker just to shove you in it. I'm not a quitter. (laughs) Well, I'm actually weirdly proud of you. Thank you. I was not a quitter until I died. The minute that streak goes away, I will never look at that app again. I haven't cracked it since I went to the hospital last year. (laughs) I tried doing it in the hospital one day, and I was like, you know what? Something's got to give. Absolutely. Fuck this. That's fair. Yeah. So you tell us about your horrible Dutchman. Yeah. So the Flying Dutchman. Um, This is... Uh, I think people can probably guess, but this is in the realm of legend. <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot of factual basis here, right? No. Um, okay, so get ready for my sources. Uh, it is uh, an article by Natasha Sheldon uh, called The Truth Behind the Legends of the Flying Dutchman on HistoryCollection.com. And Wikipedia. Love Wikipedia. Nothing wrong with Wikipedia. We rely fully on Wikipedia. Uh, oh, just... I have to make a donation. Yeah, everyone donate to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's, it's my it's a, it's a little thin on the facts. Um, so, but here we are. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, legend has it that the original Flying Dutchman uh, it would have been a part of the Dutch East India Trading Company in the 17th century. So, classic Dutch Golden Age. Uh, Sailing east, exploiting cultures for trade, bringing back those silks, spices, and dyes. Um, yeah, very sugar and sugar. Dutch were big on sugar. Yeah, but that comes from the West Indies, doesn't it? Uh, not West originally. Indies. Not oh. originally. It came oh, from okay. the East Indies originally. Okay. The sugar loaves that are like conical. Yeah, I guess they must have had sugar before. Mm-hmm. And then they bring the sugar cane over to Jamaica. Oh. But it came from India originally. That makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, very problematic, very uh, exploitative. Um, yes. Those are my people. <laughs> but you know what? They make some damn good art uh, during this time. Um, so, allegedly, don't make a face. I didn't make a face. Don't put, so, put some respect. <laughs> the face that I was making uh-huh. was about the thought that, yeah, it is kind of true mm-hmm. that as soon as we, like, reach the point in civilization where we have slaves, uh-huh. we make some real fine art. Okay. Slavery did exist longer than that. Oh, um, of course. But, but it's it's around 1400s, I think, when it becomes racialized. Right. And this is also when we get into chattel slavery. Yes. Uh, which is different. It is different. Um, and so, like, you know, we when we hit that, that's sort of when a lot of golden ages happened. And it also, yeah. like, eventually we have enough time and energy because oh, slaves 100%. are doing all the work. Yeah, if you're, if you're just going and exploiting yeah. cultures. And, and you get people. to, like, birth, like, the Industrial Revolution. 100%. and Yeah, so. <laughs> you suddenly have more time on your hands. <laughs> like, I'm not endorsing slavery when I say this. But no, um, slaves do shit, get shit done. You know, I, 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You you qual you quantified that um or qualified that statement um yeah, <laughs> but the Dutch Golden Age art that I is exceptional, folks. It's my favorite. I'm yeah. sorry, uh, but the just like uh, conspicuous consumption of it. It's so decadent, and it's and they were. Mm, I could talk about that for a long time. Ooh, I did we ever do the Dutch Golden Age PowerPoint? Um, I don't think so. Maybe. Well, we did November PowerPoint. Yeah, there we go. I've coming got it ready to, to roll. Coming to a Patreon near you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Karina. You know, I could talk for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> about Dutch. 17th century art um anyway so that's when this is happening um so the flying dutchman would have been a part of this fleet um allegedly the captain it was captained by a man named hendrik van der decken a name you say oh that must mean that it's real well <laughs> and that's where the reality stops well all right nah uh, yeah so he he and his and the crew of the dutchman have are on on their usual route um, over to the East Indies, um, East Indies. I mean, you know, the the Indonesia it was classically colonized by the Dutch, uh, and that's where you get a lot of Indonesian food and people going to the Netherlands. Um, but the, it was more than just that area. It was just that's why it's just generally Absolutely. called the East Indies. Um, on the way home, um, they have or they have an uneventful voyage there. Pick up all their stuff, and on the way home, um, Vanderdecken's you know just he wants to get home. Um, maybe he misses his wife and family. Who knows? Uh, and they he chooses to go the shortest route around the Cape of Good Hope. I guess it's just like closer to the land or whatever. Yeah, um, it's famously quite rocky and filled with great white sharks. It is. Yeah, so the closer you get to the landmass of uh, South Africa, you uh, start getting into very treacherous waters. Um, so sure enough, as they're making their way around, a terrible storm hits. Thunder, crash. Stop that. <laughs> Fully. I absolutely <laughs> demand to, that you end trying that. Trying to immediate. create atmosphere. <laughs> Jen, we are white women sitting in a barn. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of D&D. Um, oh, God. <laughs> lest you forget uh, so Vanderdecken realizes his mistake um, but they're unable to turn back uh, to safe harbor um, other versions of the story say that he was drunk or mad and stubbornly refused to turn back um, which I, I noted hits on two n- classic Dutch stereotypes uh, one them being super stubborn two them being cheap as hell <laughs> don't forget drunk drunk what More you, so than other cultures. Yes. Okay. Do you know what they, do you know what they call uh, like liquor, Dutch courage? When you're drunk and you're courageous, it's Dutch courage. Mm, okay. So that's because uh, they were fighting a war against Spain for their independence against Prince Philip II, oh. and uh, it was the middle of winter, mm-hmm. uh, and the ground was frozen, so they were ice skating um, yeah. across the lowlands, mm-hmm. and uh, the Spaniards tried to like skate with them and like keep up with them and they couldn't speed skating champions and they started freezing to death Uh and the reason that the dutch people didn't freeze to death and they were able to be so courageous is because they were fucking lit (laughs) and their blood was too uh thin thin yeah and like watered down with this liquor so yeah yeah, that's what dutch courage is it's okay courage in battle because you're fucking shmammered yeah i like that so there you go yeah i'll stand by that 
Um, and also those other stereotypes are just fucking stubborn as hell. And it's true. Uh-huh. Um, Try to get Jen, Do- Jen Voss to do anything she doesn't want to do. I will just turn you down. Um, good at setting boundaries. That's what they say. Um, anyway, so regardless, he ignores his crew and steers the Dutchman into the storm. Oof. Yeah. Well, the crew was having none of this. Um, they were like, fuck you, dude. Don't get us killed. Um, they mutiny, trying to get control of the ship and turn In the middle of the storm? Turn that ship around. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Vanderdecken is also having none of that. Everyone's stubborn as hell on all sides. Uh, he kills the leader of the mutiny um, and throws him overboard. Yikes. Uh, as he as he does, he declares that he will complete the journey around the Cape uh, if it took him until, quote until doomsday. Oh Christ! Mm, don't don't tempt fate, my guy. Uh, as soon as he said this, an angel appeared, asking him to repeat what he said. <laughs> so <laughs> like, how? Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? What did you say, mother? Imagine, <laughs> imagine like you're in the middle of a storm and you're like, I will. If it takes me until doomsday, and then down from the clouds, from the heavens, an angel. Or if it's a biblical angel, like the wheel full of eyes and wings. <laughs> Look at that. Um, <laughs> and they're just like, what did you say? What was that? What, 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 what? Excuse me, what was that? Exactly, what What words exactly did you say? Yeah. And, oh, oh, until doomsday, did you mean that? Do you stand by that? More proof that God's kind of an asshole. Like, the mm. Christian God seems like a dick. Well, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, the angel asks if he really means it. Vanderdecken repeats the words, sure. sealing his and his crew's fate. Just double down on it, my man. However, another version of the story says that instead of an angel appearing to the captain, it was the devil. Oh, all right. So, what you said about God? Uh, who knows which, right. which side it was. Um, both are also equally uh, uh, prone to sticking people to the words. Um, a bunch know. of contract lawyers up there or down there, and respectively. Down there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another version. In, oh, yeah. In this version with the devil, it says uh, Satan says that Vanderdecken can redeem himself and his crew and his ship through, quote, uh, through the love of a faithful woman. Aw. Aw. Why is it always our job to fix always, all these fucked up men? Always is the job of a woman <laughs> to love an unlovable man to save him from himself. Right. <laughs> so, Gross. But, um, yeah, so he, he can save himself through the love of a faithful woman who, who must love him in return, as they say in Beauty and the Beast. Um, but... He can only set foot on land every, once every seven years. Sad. Sad. It's ringing some bells from yeah, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Little, yeah, I feel like oh, I've I heard this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, every seven years, um, it, can, it can land, and he can spend some time on land to search for his salvation in the form of a woman, um, which is very heteronormative, I will add. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was the Netherlands it was in the, the 15, 1600s, 1700s. Yeah. They were, you yeah, know. Not known for their uh, allyship. Yeah. <laughs> there is evidence of them just, tying millstone to gay men's necks and throwing them in the in the. Listen, water. I just wanted Satan to be like, hey, man, whatever. Love's love. Love is love. 
Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so be, uh, according to the legend, yeah. that's why, uh, you know, you, the Flying Dutchman is still around and you can see it every once in a while. Because he still so, hasn't found a woman? He still hasn't found a woman, apparently. He Does he not have Tinder? That sounds like a rom-com in the making, Oh my god, it? we should write that. Yeah. We quit the podcast Se- and write 17th that. 17th century Flying Dutchman captain shows up looking for... <laughs> Looking for we should, love. We should absolutely knit it. that into Outlander as like fan fiction. No, no, no. This is, I'm thinking Hallmark oh, Christmas nice. movie. All right, but not Christmas. Not Christmas, but Hallmark movie. Yes, I support this. She's, she's an American businesswoman. She doesn't have time for love. She takes a vacation to the seaside. Anyway, coming to a uh, TV near you. Um Anyway, so so people can have who have seen the Flying Dutchman has said that the ghostly ship can be seen to be hovering just below the waves or peer from beneath them. Is the ship called the Dutchman? It's called the Flying Dutchman. Oh, I thought the Flying Dutchman was like the ghost of the guy. No, no, no. I might have learned that from SpongeBob. Because mm. on SpongeBob, the ghost is called the Frying Dutchman. Because SpongeBob's a short order cook. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite clever. Yeah, that is good. Uh, yeah, SpongeBob, you, you surprise me all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the ship is called the Flying Dutchman, or the Dutchman for short. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's like this ghostly ship sometimes. It's like glowing. So this guy was not actually a pirate, though. No, yeah, I know. Like Once again, Jen, fuck the brief. Once again. Um, but I looked up ghost pirates, pirate ghosts, ghost stories with pirates. What's on every list? The Flying Dutchman. So That's true. I rest yeah. my case. Anyway, um, so some some other versions of the legend say that um, the ghostly crew, the ghostly crew of the, of the Dutchman, they try to send messages to land or to people who are long dead. Ooh. Which I kind of like and found absolutely no more. There is still that. like a little romance to that. I love that. I, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to know more. And maybe I just wasn't reading the right stuff. Um, anyway, so there have been sightings, recorded sightings of the Dutchman. The earliest one is uh, dates back to 1790. Damn, that yeah. is quite early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was, there's a brief mention in uh, a publication by John MacDonald, travels in various parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa during a series of 30 years and upwards. <laughs> Great they, title, they, my man. They always knew how to title things back then. <laughs> Um, but it just says, quote, the weather was so stormy that the sailors said they f- saw the Flying Dutchman. I mean, it feels like already at that time they're just like, ah, yeah, it was so, right. so stormy. We saw the Flying Dutchman. The manatees look like mermaids. That's how, <laughs> how stormy it was. Sea serpent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, five years later, 1795, there's a chapter of A Voyage to Botany Bay uh, attributed to George Barrington. I had often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but never have given much credit to the report. It seems that some years since it, some years since a Dutch man of war was lost off the off the Christ, I cannot read today. Mercury's in retrograde. Lost off the Cape of Good Hope, and every soul on board perished. Her consort weathered the gale and arrived soon after at the Cape, having refitted and returning to Europe. They were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night, watch some of the people saw or imagined they saw a vessel standing for them under a press of sail as though she would run them down. One in particular affirmed 
It was the ship that had foundered in the former gale. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I didn't can I this. make? Can I pull something out of that for a second? Yeah. So you heard when he mentioned the consort. Mm-hmm. So um, piracy, during the golden age of piracy, it was very common for ships to be partnered. Um, not very much different from like the Nina the Pinta, the Santa Maria, or oh, the yeah. whaling ship. Um, the whaling ships used together in the story Moby Dick. Yep. One of them's the Phoebe. Um, Fuck if I know. <laughs> they might honestly be the Phoebe, Rachel, and Monica. No. Uh, maybe. I can't remember right now. And we can't look it up because we don't have Wi-Fi. Right. There. There's no Wi-Fi out here. <laughs> I don't know why the Wi-Fi is down, but fuck us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the the ships, it was so common to have ships be taken by piracy because pirates were fucking everywhere during yeah. the golden age of piracy and, and not just in the Caribbean. So they used the buddy system? They used the buddy system. Oh. Yeah, so they would put ship fleets together um, and sometimes one captain would, would captain multiple boats with like mm-hmm. a trusty, you like know, first Commodore. mate. Yeah, exactly. Commodore. Absolutely. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Um, and so that's that's what they're talking about when they say that her her companion consort, consort ship. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah, basically they, they get back to port and they're like, oh, what the fuck was that? And people are like, oh, it was a flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was the gist of that very long quote that I'm not going to finish reading because I don't want to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, look it up. It's on Wikipedia. Um, in 1803, um, in scenes of infancy by john Leyden, uh he brings up the idea that the crew was stricken the crew of the dutchman was quote stricken with pestilence and are ordained still to traverse the ocean on which they perish till the time to the period of their penance expire so this puts more of the blame on the crew right being like you shitheads you uh, should have probably shouldn't have been dicks yeah i don't know if that's for mutinying because people love to be bootleggers <laughs> or they're just God damn it, how dare you disobey a direct order. Right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So, but the most interesting uh, noted recording sighting, how many words can I come up with to describe this sighting of the Flying Dutchman, comes from July 11th, 1881, aboard the HMS Bacante, uh, a vessel carrying the future King George V. Oh, shit. His brother, Prince Albert Victor, and their tutor, John Neil Dalton. Um, it was moored in the Bass Strait off the Australian coast between Melbourne and Sydney. They were on a three-year voyage around the world. Woof. Yeah. That seems awful. Yeah. Um, at that morning, or, uh, at 4 a.m., the princes record in their log that, I'm just imagining them like, <laughs> teaming up to write this little log together. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It went like this. Um... So, yeah, they record in their ship um, that the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. Um, they write, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow in the midst of which light the mast, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in a strong relief as she came up on the port bow, described the royal report. Uh, copy and pasted from the article. Right. Uh, they continue. The officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did the quarterdeck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle, but on arriving there uh, was no vestige nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen either near or right away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. Wow. 
So not even during a storm. Like they could yeah. have really clearly seen this. Yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so later that morning, um, the they record again at 10:45 a.m. The ordinary seaman, 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 uh, <laughs> read this morning reported the Flying Dutchman fell from the foretop mast, crossed trees, onto the top gallant forecastle, and was smashed to atoms. Woof. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. That's a bad fall. That's like a six-story fall. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is also interesting because of the Flying Dutchman's reputation for being a sign of doom. Yeah. Like, if you see it... You're going down, down. Yeah. Yeah. So... mm, So the next recorded sighting is in 1939. Okay, so this is still, this is pretty modern. Like 1939. Yeah. Uh, There were beachgoers who saw the Dutchman off the coast of South Africa, which is where it would have allegedly sank. Um, The local newspapers reported that, quote, with uncanny volition, the ship sailed steadily on as the Glen Cairn beach folk stood about keenly discussing the whys and wherefores of the vessel. Just as the excitement reached its climax, however, the mystery ship vanished into thin air as strangely as it had come. So you worked in come and climax into that. Yeah. Nice. I didn't. I'm reading. I'm reading a quote. They did. I see that. They did that. I chose to just read it. (laughs) And I made eye contact with you (laughs) while doing so. Um... So the last recorded sighting, because there hasn't been one in a while, but that's not to say that it, there can't be ever again. Right. But the last recorded sighting was in 1942. Wow. Uh, four witnesses uh, saw <laughs> four witnesses saw the Dutchman sail into Table Bay off Cape Town, where it vanished. Wow. I kind of want to see that. I hope that there is another reporting someday. Yeah. Uh, so, is it real or not? It's. I mean, those are high stress situations, and yeah. like, your brain will play tricks on you in those moments. So yeah. So sadly, there doesn't seem to be any historical evidence of Captain Vanderdecken or the Flying Dutchman. Um, there's no like. It was probably the ship, and they were ledgers. carrying this load. Yeah. Yeah, because like you would think, and I've tried to look into this from other ghost stories to be like, well. I mean, there's clearly going to be records of things yeah. for certain, like, and ships are absolutely, absolutely on both ends. Yeah, trade ships are something that absolutely gets written down somewhere. Um, so we don't have a record of that. Uh, there was a 17th century Dutch captain named Bernard Folk who uh, was known for suspiciously fast voyages between Java, which I guess is where they were going, Mm -hmm. and the Netherlands, um, which led to people thinking that he had made a deal with the devil. (laughs) Sure. So maybe that's the one. Uh, That seems to be the only reason people think that. Um, So, But um, the Cape of Good Hope, as we said before, has been known for strong currents, treacherous rocks, and storms. Uh, So it's feasible that several ships over the years have gotten lost um it over the over time like yeah. i'm sure at least one dutch trade ship in the 17th century sank of course off the yes. of good hope for sure that happened yeah is it the the one who's to say um so i mean but also it's like in the realm of legend like 
who cares if it's not exactly the same name or the same right captain name? Right. Like it, it could it's be a legend. And often could, a legend is an yeah. amalgamation of many people and stories put yeah. together. But also it could be perfectly possible for there to be a ghost ship that's not technically called the Flying Dutchman, but like yeah. We plan on covering some more this year, I think. Sure. They're on my list anyway. Yeah. Ghost ships. Mm-hmm. There's some good mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, there are, in the realm of legend, it kind of fits in with other stories like Ulysses or um, like the idea of crossing, of the dead crossing over water to get to the afterlife, like the River Styx, the Grey Havens, if you're a Lord (laughs) of the Rings fan. Uh, It's just a common kind of thing of just, I I feel like it comes from the long history of like, seeing people off on ships being like yeah it's dangerous to go on a boat so we might never see you again (laughs) right here's this here's this piece of like fiction yeah kind of like your heart will go on sort of moment yeah yeah um and also because of that um we were uh, we were were talking earlier about like uh the fact that sailors have a lot of superstitions um and so uh, seeing like a, a ship and that a ghost ship and that being a sign or a bad omen kind of falls more in line I think with, with superstition necessarily um, uh, so why do they have a lot of superstitions well what are the other careers that have a lot of superstitions it's theater it's sports it's all stuff that it's like kind of everything hangs in the balance of luck and yes. chance yes. and skill but then things can go very wrong absolutely so yeah it's a lot of that um but what about those sightings though so the boring answer is that it's probably just some kind of mirage right <laughs> <laughs> um i mean like in a storm there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. there's it, Big you know, waves big, look like big uh, yeah, sails. Yeah, there could be strange lights coming through being distorted. Um, or when it's calm, it could be something that's called Fata Morgana, which is a very fun name. Um, it's a kind of mirage. Uh, it's, an, it's an Italian term that refers um, to Morgana, or of Arthurian legend. Um, basically... Um, implying like it has something to do with fae or fairy shenanigans. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's basically what you think of like when you think of a desert mirage when you're like, oh, there's a pool of water just on the horizon. It's when you look at the horizon and the light in the atmosphere bends, bends and it plays tricks and like on your eyes and stuff. Um, and it just distorts the horizon. So you can see a ship on the horizon that appears to float above the water line. You actually, we get a lot of photographs of that these days too, mm-hmm. um, especially when your white balance is off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it could also, it, it's not just floating, it could also distort it to appear multiple times, like stacked or even inverted upside down. Yeah, so it's just kind of like the atmosphere, the water in the atmosphere probably, just also bending. and Absolutely. There's so, a lot of factors there. Yeah, I, I, if you want to see examples of what that looks like, you can just Google or Wikipedia Fata Morgana, F-A-T-A-M-O-R-G-A-N-A. Um, so, yeah. That's all to say that it's, it's an interesting story. It's yeah. probably just superstition and uh, probably not historically accurate, but 
But it, that's okay. It's still interesting and romantic. I think it, yeah, it gets to the, the romantic spirit of the golden age of piracy, which I think is why it's looped in so much with pirates, even though it's not strictly a pirate story. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of this romantic idea of pirates, um, the romantic ideal of pirates is very much a work of fiction. Uh, no. Yeah. Like the Old West? <laughs> <laughs> so this this idea that... You know, they were they were daring men of chance and adventure and all of that. They weren't. They were slaves to capitalism, just like we were. Trying to make a buck. Yeah, uh, and they had to put themselves in outrageous danger mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, so we're going to talk about kind of the the primordial, primeval archetype of mm-hmm. piracy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the very actual historical, real character mm-hmm. of a man named Edward Teach, who mm-hmm. you might know as Blackbeard. Yeah. So Blackbeard uh, was a real person. Mm-hmm. His, his name might not have been Edward Teach, though. Um, so Edward Teach, who might also have been Edward Thatch, T-H-A-T-C-H, or it might have been something completely different. Yeah, I mean, Wrecker is not always the greatest. Also, when you're a pirate... Exactly, you're not going to use your real name. No. Right. Blackbeard uh, sounds way cooler. Exactly. And you don't want people finding your family. Put a pin in that, we're going to come back to it. <laughs> Okay, I did the most minimal research on Blackbeard because I was like, maybe I'll do him, and then I didn't. Gotcha. But so I got to that. I got that far and did not look any further into it. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with the name Edward Teach just because it's easiest. You know who I'm talking about, Blackbeard. Um, he was born probably around 1680, mm-hmm. and he dies for sure 22nd of November, 1718. Ooh, I'm sensing why we know that. Yeah. <laughs> There's some record keeping involved there at the end. <laughs> Um, so he was known as Blackbeard, and he was very much a character of the East Indies, the Caribbean, and the North... Parts uh, of the Caribbean. Yes. The Northeastern coast, especially around the area of South and North Carolina. I can't sing any more of that, or else Hans Zimmer will come for me personally. That's right. There is an interesting point to piracy that we don't often talk about, and that is the difference between piracy and privateering Ooh, yeah are you familiar i am because i am a queen elizabeth the first nerd sure <laughs> and as you know sir francis drake was the original privateer pirate privateer. so a privateer is somebody who is being a pirate for the government yes they were kind of treated as um not only a source of revenue, mm-hmm. because uh, the government took a, a portion of whatever the pirate's booty was, whatever yeah. they managed to steal from other people. There's this terrific scene, if anyone's seen the Kate Blanchett, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth movies, the second one, The Golden Age, there's a scene where she's, Sir Walter Raleigh comes to court and is like, ah, I brought you all this stuff from the New World. And the like Spanish ambassadors are there and they're like, yeah, that's because you stole it from us. And... They're just like, well, do, 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 do. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> and then the Armada happens, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think Clive Owen's in that, right? Yes, he is. I do love Clive Raleigh. Owen. It's great. It's a great movie. He's super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so privateering, like I said, is when you are being a pirate for the sake of the government. The government gets a cut. You also protect government, like the Navy. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of like a re- uh, They're like uh, reserve. Blackwater. Yeah. 
a little bit um, dark. <laughs> Mercenaries <laughs> yeah. on behalf of the government. Um, we don't know a whole lot about Blackbeard's early life. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, we're not even really sure where he was born. It's possible he was born in Jamaica. It's mm-hmm. possible he was born in North Carolina. It is probable, likely even, that he was born in Bristol. At this point in time, because of the triangle trade, it's the slave trade. Yes. Um, let's not class it up. Yeah. Uh, because of the slave trade. Plus, plus, that just reminds me of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. There you go. Uh, and all Another of, tragedy. <laughs> tragedies tri- abound. Involving triangles. <laughs> and then there's the Bermuda Triangle. We should have done... Okay, fuck. We should have done the Next whole week? triangle. Yeah. <laughs> the triangle starter. God, we're bored. Boring. Um, Trinity Triangle. Anyway, we're not sure where he was born. Uh, it is distinctly possible that he was actually born in a rather well-to-do family in Bristol, England. Can you imagine? The evidence for that is that... Our in... first son, Billy, went into the family business. Our second son... Oh, wait, Billy, because he's William. I mean, yeah. He became a pirate. We're very proud. <laughs> You're kidding, but I'm not. <gasps> Incredible. Yeah. So there was a well-to-do family, uh, Thatch. Uh, my source for this is actually um, Smithsonian Magazine. Oh, look at you. Fancy. That's right. Mm. I actually have you know I had two Smithsonian articles for this one. That's okay. I had Smithsonian articles for the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, and I still didn't get all of it. <laughs> um, one second. I got to find my page. Mm, get that good page flipping fully. Yes, you know I love it. We're back in the studio for the first time in a long time, folks. and It feels kind of weird, doesn't it? It feels weird. It feels like it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, so we know that um, because he eventually at one point in time receives a royal pardon. We'll come back to that. Ooh. Uh, we know that Edward Teach could read and write, which was not a skill easily attained to everybody. There okay. was no public education at that point in time. Yeah. So he had to have had somebody teach him, mm-hmm. probably from at least a lower to middle middle class family, uh-huh. possibly involved in the merchant trades. Uh-huh. Uh, he does eventually go off to war. Uh, from war, he turns immediately to piracy. He's involved in, um, uh, we think that he was very invested in the Stuart family. Mm. Uh, he was involved in the Queen Anne's War. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that for a fact. Those are historical facts. Uh, we also know that later he names his main ship Queen Anne's Revenge. Ooh. She was the last Stuart monarch. Political. Exactly. Um, so we know that he was well-educated. He had social grace. He was literate. He was capable of using complex navigational equipment. There is a strong piece of evidence that mm-hmm. he is from a family better than you might expect. Um, and, uh, I don't want that. Where is my Technically, uh, Mary is William and Mary was Anne's sister, but they don't really count her as part of the Stuart dynasty because she was Protestant. Ugh. Can't stand a Protestant. Just kidding. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) We are strictly Catholic here. (laughs) I do hang out with a lot of Catholics. Love you, Jen. Um, so. Different Jen. Yeah. Love you too. Okay. Anyway, we are here to talk about pirates. So um, pirates did habitually use fictitious surnames uh, so that they didn't tarnish their family name. Yeah. There was actually another pirate who uh, was eventually kind of played with by Donna, uh, Diana Gableden. Oh, um, yeah. Stuart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stephen Bonnet. Stephen Bonnet. Yes. Thank you. Terrible, terrible character. Stephen Bonnet is actually based on a real person. Uh-huh. Uh, now, she took... His musical theme and outliner kicks ass it slaps it absolutely slaps 
I really am going to shove you in a locker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Stephen Bonnet was um, pu- based, at least on name, as Steed, I think is how you say yeah. it. S-T-E-D-E. Mm-hmm. Steed Bonnet. Yeah. Oh, so close. Right. Uh, who was actually a very wealthy man who just got sick of being rich, built a house in the Caribbean, and was like, and now I'm a pirate. Deal with it. And he just like crime. Yeah. I'm bored. That's literally what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the character of Stephen Bonnet. Yeah, yeah. Much, very much worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're not going to spoil it for you. Watch the show, read the books, live your life. Or not. I yeah. don't care. Do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. Live your life. Uh, but Steed Bonnet was mm-hmm. a contemporary and worked closely with Blackbeard. Mm. Uh, we'll come back to that. They're pals. Are they pirate pals? They are. Aww. Yeah. They actually form a union together. Cute. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, I know. <laughs> They're union strong. Union. No. Let's know. <laughs> um, some facts about the pirates versus the Navy. Uh, First off, life was better as a pirate. It was not a cushy job. You Mm -hmm. had a real high mortality rate. Yeah. Uh, You frequently got beat. There was kind of a cruel um, aspect to this life. Uh, But pirate crews were better treated and better paid than Navy crews. Oh, 100%. 100%. So this information comes from NorthCarolinaGhost.com, specifically Blackbeard's Ghost. Uh Uh, They discuss, um, furthermore, they go on to discuss... Quote, furthermore, pirate crews were on their ships by choice as opposed to Navy crews, many of whose members would have been pressed into service. I was service. just going to say that. Like, yeah, Navies could just, like, come into town and literally just kidnap. You're in the Navy. Surprise. Like, yeah, like, boys. And just be like, surprise, you're in the Navy now. Possibly most important is that a pirate ship was often much more democratic uh-huh. and was led by people who were qualified to lead men. Wow. They understood how to use these navigational pieces. Oftentimes, as we know from like Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. uh, high-ranking positions in the military were purchased by wealthy families who didn't oh. know shit about dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, some of them were educated in shit about dick, but not all of them. Sometimes they just bought their position. I was going to say, uh, that's where we get the word cardigan. It's from Lord Cardigan. Who Is it? purchased a position in the army. And led a very terribly executed battle. It's <laughs> the Charge of the Lightning Brigade. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I know about the Charge of the Lightning Brigade. Mm-hmm. Ours is not to question why. Ours is but to do or die. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know about cardigans. That's so cool. Lord Cardigan. So it is very distinctly possible that Edward Teach started his life as a member of the British Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point in time, uh, he would have been you know, operating legally. Uh, and then as they got dispatched, they would often have been given a license for privateering. So mm-hmm. you would have gotten a taste for piracy that way. It's yeah, distinctly like, likely. Yeah, this is the legal stuff. They're like, mm, I like taking whatever I want. But then they have to give over a chunk of it, usually the best chunk, yeah. to the monarchs. Yeah. And, and then, that chaps my ass. Well, and then like you got to, at that point, be like, well, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> Gotta go your own way. Wow. Go your own way. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. We've got some Fleetwood on you. Oof. Oof. Uh, so at that point in time, he starts to make his new home in a place called New Providence. Uh, new Providence was literally kind of an early boomtown for piracy. Um, that sounds entirely too, like, I guess I'm just thinking of Providence, Rhode Island, but like... <laughs> Imagining pirates in like some just like waspy like, yes. beach town. <laughs> this would be new Providence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So um, the author George Woodbury described New Providence as, quote, no city of homes. It was a place of temporary sojourn and refreshment for a literally floating population. Continuing with the quote, 
The only permanent residents were the piratical camp followers, the traders, the hangers-on. All others were transient. In New Providence, pirates found a welcome respite from the law. Tortuga. Very much so. Tortuga. I'm so glad you're pulling these popular references. Yeah. Because oh, it shows 100%. exactly <laughs> how Edward Teach kind of captures the imagination and, like, this legend of him has become larger than the man himself. All of, all of my current uh, popular culture references will be from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise because I have not seen any other pirate movies. <laughs> oh, sure you have. You've seen Muppet Treasure Island. You've seen yeah. Peter Pan. Okay, okay, you're right. But you're right. the characters there <laughs> yeah. are also based on Blackbeard. I've seen Long Treasure John Planet. Silver. <laughs> I have not seen that. <gasps> I know. Catherine. I understand. It's so fucking good. I okay. heard. All right. Um, and it was like one of the co- cartoons that my cousin had like a crush on the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Edward Teach, he is Long John Silver. He uh-huh. is um, Captain Hook. Like he's all of these characters and then some. Incredible. Um, so Blackbeard himself uh, became known as Blackbeard because he grew out this amazing long black braided beard. And sometimes uh-huh. he would put colorful bows into it just to Dude. be a little flamboyant. <laughs> he wore... The fancy, like, anytime they captured a ship, especially French ships that were carrying a lot of, mil- um, like, clothing clothing goods, mm-hmm. he would absolutely steal the finest clothes and wear them himself. I'll get you a really big hat. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite joke? Yeah. About pirates? Yeah. Because it's not my favorite joke Wait. otherwise. I'm trying to think if I've heard it before. <laughs> well, let's find out. Is it the brown pants? Yes! <laughs> That's also in Game of Thrones. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I've seen all of Grave Thrones, but I don't remember that. So a pirate uh, is out and he sees a single Spanish ship on the horizon. He yeah. says, we shall take it. But first, first mate, please bring me my red shirt. And mm-hmm. he fights and he's so gallant and everybody's inspired by him. And they win the day and they take the ship. Yeah. And then the next day he sees two ships on the horizon. He says, bring me my red shirt. And they fight and they're gallant and everybody's inspired by him and they take sure. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next day, the as they're cleaning up and kind of counting their booty, the first mate says... Why do you always want a red shirt? And he says, ah, so that if I get hurt, no one can tell and I look invincible. Yeah. So they're going about their business, counting everything, and they say, oh, there's ships on the horizon. Holy shit, it's the Spanish Armada. Uh And the man says, bring me my brown pants. Yep. (laughs) I love that joke. It's because he's going to shit his pants. Oh, he already did. (laughs) Anyway, um, so speaking of stealing from the French, Mm -hmm. this is how we get... Uh, La Concorde. So La Concorde, uh-huh. originally the British naval ship, the Concorde, was then taken by the French. French privateers stole and it from the British. they added an E to the end. They, they <laughs> called it La Concorde. They absolutely La did. La Concorde. Exactly. Um, and that was taken in 1711. And, uh-huh. and it really, it literally, the ship passed back and forth between yeah. the British Navy and the French Navy, just each like stealing from the other. Solemnly handing the keys to the ship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Until finally... Blackbeard gets in there and he steals it and immediately renames it Queen Anne's Revenge. Yeah. And it's his flagship. It had, um, it at the time was carrying a cargo of slaves. And he immediately was like, hey, anybody want to join enslaved my crew? People, we should say. You're right. Enslaved people. Um, does anybody want to join my crew? He took on a couple of them. Mm-hmm. The rest he left mm-hmm. on the island. Unfortunately, they were later re-enslaved when the ship finds them again. Cool, 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 yep. cool, 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 cool. Yep. 
perfect. Um, Don't so, get too cozy with any story from history. It will only end in tears. Yup. That if you if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that. Uh, so he calls it Queen Anne's Revenge. It's his flagship. It carries six hundred men and forty cannons. That is not a small deal. Yeah. He was a very 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 powerful captain. Mm-hmm. On top of that, this ship is fast and it's well armed. And he's able to start taking more ships until he eventually renames himself Commodore. Blackie. Absolutely, Commodore. Blackie. You gotta. Um, he'd been in command uh, of. He was the captain of multiple ships. He split these men between their vessels at least three at any given time, um, and he was willing to move about 150 men in between each one. Um, he even looks exactly like what you expect a pirate captain to look like. They call him tall and thin with uh, broad shoulders and a very black beard, which he wore quite long. Mm-hmm. Um, his thick back black beard was often braided into pigtails, sometimes with small colored ribbons, like I said. Uh, he is tall, broad-shouldered, wore knee-length boots and dark clothing topped with a wide hat and sometimes a long coat of brightly colored silk or velvet. Incredible. He's Captain fucking Hook. Yeah. Every single idea about piracy... And he hates clocks. ...was taken from right here. Um... <laughs> Some people, to his credit, there are no verified accounts of him actually having murdered anybody he took captive. He usually just gives him his older, shittier ship, and then he goes on with their better ship. Yeah, I don't know if we can call him a good guy. (laughs) Um, True hero. Yeah. We stand. (laughs) Um, He often occasionally asked uh, harder working ships to just join him. Mm. So Mm -hmm. in 1718, there's a story... Uh, on the water at Ternefe Island, which is just east of Belize. Belize is my favorite place in the whole world. Mm. Uh, there were there was a Jamaican logwood cutting ship called the Adventure. The and Adventure? The Adventure. Uh, and literally, uh. <laughs> uh, they see it, and they're like, dope-looking ship, man. Mm-hmm. Want to be a pirate? Mm-hmm. And the Jamaicans were like, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Works for us, okay. yeah. And so he just they just came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently he had a very easygoing nature uh, with the people who... Um, he was cordial with, and if he wasn't cordial with you, he was furious and fiery and mm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even had a terrifying countenance. He purposefully would take slow-burning matches mm-hmm. and lay them underneath his hat so it looked like his head was on fire, like he was Satan himself. Like the one guy from Pirates of the Caribbean who lights his beard on fire all the time? I don't think I... I only saw the first movie. It's in the first movie. I don't remember that. He gets, he's the, like, uh, bombs expert. Oh, fun. His beard's always on fire. I don't think I've watched that movie in 15 years. You should rewatch I it. I should. That's, it's a really one, good movie. The first movie really holds up. I believe that. Um, so, Edward Teach, 1718, he becomes a Commodore. Don't get too excited. This is the height of his power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, he uses that power to create a, fl- a flotilla blockade of Charleston in North Carolina. Ooh. I'm sorry, South Carolina. Charleston, South, South Carolina. South Carolina. Get your Carolinas correct. So every ship that was either entering or leaving the port got uh-huh. searched, and they took anything that was worth anything to themselves. Fuck. <laughs> this unfortunately attracted the attention of the local governors. As it would. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty ballsy to it's... blockade an entire city and just be like, yeah. They had eight ships working it, too. It was a big deal. So they finally took somebody who was highfalutin enough to get the attention of the governor. Uh-huh. And eventually, also, they were headed for the court in England. Uh-huh. And so it was time to crack down on piracy. Mm-hmm. And the way that they cracked down on piracy was actually to offer them a royal pardon. Oh. 
if you let us go, we're going to give you a pardon, become a privateer again, work for us. We'll take a smaller cut than we were going to. The basically the mob in this situation. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) It was also just like, if you have somebody who's really powerful and charismatic and has all these resources, you want them working with you than against you. Uh The pirates are also the mob in this situation. Yeah. (laughs) Dueling factions of the mob. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Is that? No one is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the... That was so Calvinist of me. Humanity has fallen. <laughs> we are all depraved and only... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so he's given this royal pardon. Uh, it is given to him, uh, but he doesn't trust that they're not just going to take him when he yeah. goes to accept it. So he gets Steve Bonnet to take it first. Fuck yeah. And he watches what happens to this he's guy. He's like, yeah, you... You go. You go ahead. You, you go, go ahead. You go In first. the meantime, while Bonnet's gone, he steals all of bon- Bonnet's shit. <laughs> Best friend, right? So, uh, Bonnet takes the um, takes the pardon, becomes a privateer. Oh, uh, so he's fine. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Teach does the same. He oh. goes and he actually gets a house neighboring the governor's house. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, some people even say he married a wealthy merchant's daughter. There's actually no evidence of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, he definitely was in and around the Carolinas all the time. He even had a favorite cove where he could watch ships come in. They couldn't see him, but he could see them. And it's called Teach's Cove to this day. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> this part, this is my favorite part. Okay. Um, so the pardon was open to all pirates who surrendered on or before September 17th. Uh, it created a caveat stipulating that immunity was offered only against crimes committed before the 5th of January. He's been committing crimes this whole time. So it's a risk. It's a risk to take this pardon. He does take it. It's offered to him by the governor, Charles Eden. He was pretty sure he could put his trust in him. He could. He gets that in, Mm -hmm. uh, where's my date? Um, Let's say they get it. Let's say they take it in April. Sure. You know, it's somewhere between January 5th and September. In the spring. (laughs) Yeah. They take that. They take that royal pardon. And by September 27th, they are pirates again. <laughs> They're like, ah, that's boring. I can't keep up with it. And I, they don't want to give away their money. And who can blame like, them? You can't once you get that. Exactly. So by September sweet, 17th, sweet or September 27th of 1718, uh, they are once again returning to piracy. And they were captured at the mouth of the Cape Fear River. Mm. Uh, all but four were, t- were uh, tried in hangs in Charleston. Wow. So his crew's already out there fucking up again. Yes. Um, at this point in time... The Queen Anne is actually accidentally run aground. This is his flagship. And there are lots of little shoals, Mm -hmm. sandbars. Um, And one of his favorite maneuvers was to run at something, Mm -hmm. turn quickly, and then fire all the guns. And he fucked up. He got too close to the sandbar, ran the Queen Queen Anne's Revenge aground, and couldn't get her off. The ship had to be basically destroyed Mm -hmm. they got everybody off to another ship but the queen anne is sunk there with all of her loot oh no and guess what treasure treasure yes museum treasure (gasps) they have excavated her there's over four hundred thousand artifacts and they're on display at the maritime museum what where uh we must go there either north carolina or south carolina hold please okay Hold, please. I want to see pirate treasure. Okay, so speaking of treasure, mm-hmm. this is this is what it's about. This is the only pirate treasure that we can find associated with Blackbeard from the sunken Queen Anne's Revenge. Um, the only treasure ever recovered from Teach's exploits is taken from the wreckage of what is presumed to be in the Queen Anne's Revenge, which was found in 1996. 
Very good year for as of, shipwrecks. Indeed. As of 2009, more than 250,000 artifacts have been recovered, and a selection is on public display at the North Carolina Maritime Museum. Ooh. I know. Let's go. I love North Carolina. Let's go. Um, so he was really, really infamous. He was actually also not the most successful of pirates. There were other pirates who were richer. There were pirates who were more, um, uh, who were able to retire. Eventually, he does not retire. He is killed in battle. Oh, in um, battle. His, the idea that he hoarded his gold and like buried it somewhere is very mm. much a Disney idea. That was not a thing. Pirates spent their money. The idea of burying your yeah. treasure is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Because you, it's not, not like going to appreciate in value. Exactly. <laughs> you can't buy whores with that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Using the colloquial term, we call them sex workers. Yes. Um, so this is the end of his life. He's pushed it too far. He's gone oh. back to piracy and the governor is fucking sick of it. Mm. Uh, also, the governors of Virginia and Pennsylvania have also had their goods taken because he was working as far north as Delaware Bay. Wow. And they were fucking tired. So they were putting pressure on Eden. To shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these other colonies, um, he put together uh, with um, Alexander uh, Spotswood, who was the governor of Virginia. They started putting together uh, a group of sailors to specifically go after Blackbeard. Mm. Um, and they had two ships, the Lime and the, the HMS Pearl. Sorry. Sorry? He <laughs> said the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been amazing. <laughs> so the lime and the pearl, uh, one of which uh, was captained, uh, commanded rather. He wasn't mm. given the title of captain. Um, Lieutenant Robert Maynard of the HMS Pearl. And he was given command of these two sloops. Also love the word sloop. Sloop? Sloop. It's a type of boat. Oh, okay. Um, so he took command of the two armed sloops on the 17th of November. He was given 57 men, 33 from the Pearl, and 24 for the HMS Lime. And they expected Blackbeard in his cove, Teach's Cove, which is close to Okracoke Island. I'm probably butchering that. Mm. Um, but I don't know another way to say it. Okracoke. O-C-R-A-C-O-K-E. Yeah. 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 Um, and so from what I understand, uh, he they knew that, that Teach was going to fire on them. Mm-hmm. He had 40 guns and a lot more men. Mm-hmm. Um, although he wasn't in the HMS Revenge at this point in time, so he did have less power, but still more than what they had between the two ships. He also knew the area better, mm-hmm. and he was crafty. He was yeah. a devil. Yeah. And so um, he held a great deal, Maynard, held a lot of his men in the hold and didn't let them be seen on the deck. Mm-hmm. So um, Teach fires alongside and actually kills about a third of Maynard's men in one blow. Mm. And then they get the ships closer and closer and closer and using uh, handmade grenades that were kind of like um, alcohol bottle throw. Like a Molotov cocktail? Molotov cocktail. Um, They have all this smoke and fire and they grapple the ships together exactly how you think they do. Wow. And they get on and then Maynard brings out his reserve forces Mm. and they kill pretty much all of these sailors uh including blackbeard blackbeard gets struck in the neck Mm. and shot five times jeez and he dies okay immediately maynard beheads him Uh he needs the head for the bounty oh yeah there's money in this right of course uh and he throws the body overboard and apparently according to legend Uh the body swum around his ship three times as a form of a curse oh uh, indeed um, and so his body was 
taken by the sea, was not given a proper burial. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, Maynard himself, even though he had this like huge heroic moment, uh, kind of falls into obscurity. obscurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is really his only story. Even though he had this great moment, nobody ever truly re- rewards him. And there's a couple for reasons as for why. Um, the prize money for capturing Teach, I'm quoting here from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. the prize money for capturing Teach was to have been about 400 pounds, which was um, 63,000 pounds in 2021. Not bad money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was split between the crews of the HMS Lime and the HMS Pearl. Mm-hmm. Now, one of those ships, remember I said, got blown apart right away. Sure. So those men weren't in the fight. Oh. And the other guy, Maynard, was pissed. Yeah. He was like, my guys did all the fighting. We should get all the money. Mm. But that's not how it works in the Navy. Yeah. Um, so Maynard thought that was extremely unfair. He lost much of the support that he might have had, though, when it was discovered that he and his crew helped themselves to about $90 each of, of Teach's booty. Booty. Uh, yeah. So uh, <coughs> the, the crew themselves uh, were all jailed, whoever didn't die. And it says several were black prompting Spotswood, who was the governor of Virginia, Mm -hmm. to ask his counsel what could be done about the circumstances uh, to exempt these sailors from undergoing the same trial as a white sailor. Mm. Still had to make it about race. Mm. Thanks, Virginia. Everything, everything is about race. Um, So regardless, uh, the black man and the white men uh, were all tried together with their comrades in Williamsburg mm-hmm. uh, under Admiralty Law, uh, 12th of March, 1719. 1976. Right. <laughs> uh, no records of the day's proceedings remain, but 14 of the 16 accused were found guilty. Of the remaining two, uh, one of them proved that he wasn't supposed to be there. I'm not even supposed to be here today. She doesn't even go here. He was invited onto the ship the night before what? the surprise battle as a drinking partner. What? Yeah, Incredible. and he got stuck there, and he was like, Ugh. I want a movie about that guy. He got out of it. He survived. Um, the other was not present for the fight. Yes, he was part of the ship, but he wasn't there, so he should be out of it. Okay. Um, he claimed that during a drinking session, Teach had actually shot him in the knee, and therefore he was still covered by the royal pardon because he didn't commit crimes against the Royal Navy. Incredible. Yeah, he got out. Yeah. Um, the remaining pirates were hanged. Uh, and then they were left to rot in the gibbets mm. along Williamsburg Capital Landing Road, known for some time after that as Gallows Road. Nice. Which, of course, haunted as fuck. <gasps> and now for the haunting. And now for the ghosts. Um, so like I said, Blackbeard's head was chopped off uh, and used as the, bow, as the bow spirit, hung from the bow spirit of Maynard's ship. Mm-hmm. It was also turned in for the bounty to prove that Teach was dead. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, it was hung from a spike in the bay Mm -hmm. Um, and it was used as a warning eventually it gets taken down and it's kind of lost in the shuffle of history but it turns back up in a virginia pub (gasps) what no okay (laughs) turned back up in a virginia pub it had since been plated in silver and used as a drinking vessel of course Uh, (laughs) a judge is as late as 1936 is reported to have drunk out of it yeah gross Gross. um ever since then that area at oracoke island um, has been known as Teach's Hole. Many report seeing strange lights moving beneath the water in the cove. Mm. Many people think it is Blackbeard's spirit swimming through the waters searching for his head. Ugh. Often other people uh, believe that on stormy nights you can hear Blackbeard's voice calling out in the wind. 
Uh, many people hear a terrible roaring coming from a hidden cove, and they say it's an unearthly noise that is like a pained human voice bellowing, Where's my head? Oh my god. So corny. Of all the lame things for a ghost to say, Where's my head? <laughs> so they say Oracoke Island is still haunted today. Um, and that the body can be seen also swimming through the water, searching for his heads in the shallows. <laughs> Say, where is my head? <laughs> where is it? How's it so, saying if it doesn't have a head? Don't ask questions, Jen. Just accept the story. All right. <laughs> well, that is all How I have. the ghost talk? <laughs> he has no it. vocal cords. Well, Jen, he's a ghost. So he also doesn't breathe. <laughs> do you have a listener story I for us? I do have a listener story Hot for Hot dog. Us. Um, so this one, I did not dip back into the archive at all. This one came to us two days ago. Hot dog. <laughs> Hot off the presses. <laughs> so this one, it, this story comes to us from Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, she says, hi, Kate and Jen. I've listened since the beginning, and I look forward to new episodes every fortnight. Thank you. Fortnight. Uh, I listened today and was reminded about how much you guys love haunted theaters and I have a story for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love a theater haunting. Mm-hmm. Send us all your local theater haunts. Um, I went to high school in Wauwatosa. Hey, I'm from there, kind of. A suburb of Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I said this that correctly. Wauwatosa, yeah, you Wauwatosa. Uh, we had an excellent theater program and a beautiful old theater built by the WPA in the 30s. Hey! Cool. We, uh, I went to a high school that was built by the WPA. That's cool. Um, and I think so was, uh, there's buildings in downtown Grand Rapids that are... I'm sure. 1930s. Um, they're very cool. I love them. Um, as all good theater kids do, we shared many ghost stories about the place. The most popular was, uh, Filtz? Fitz. Fitz. Um, the story goes that when the area was a, was the gym, Fitz fell behind the bleachers and died. Oh, did he get crushed by the bleachers that go into the wall? Oh, my That's God. That's such a common Everyone, story. Yeah. I yeah. feel like every school has Oh, yeah. Everybody's stories. got a kid who got crushed by the bleachers. Um, but I, like, it had to have happened at one school somewhere. Yeah. You know? That's actually how they uh, kill the alien in the movie The Faculty, starring Elijah Wood. <laughs> I remember that. John Stewart's in that movie. Is he? Yeah, he's one of the teachers. Incredible. I Unless haven't... he's in Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Those came out at kind of the same time. Okay. This is I saw it on TV like years ago. Sure. Uh, so I don't remember. Um anyway. Do 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 do. So yeah, uh behind the bleachers and died, with no one noticing until the janitors closed them up after the game. So not crushed okay. by the bleachers. Okay. Just died from the fall, yeah. I guess. I mean, there's a lot of sharp shit you can land on down there. Yeah, or if you just, like, land on your head. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ugh. Ugh. Um, So now he haunts the whole music and theater wing. If his name isn't in the program or the seniors don't buy an ad for him, he makes bad things happen (gasps) during the performances. That's so Phantom of the Opera. I love it. (laughs) Box four must be kept for my perusal. Yes. Um, my freshman year, they forgot to buy the ad, and on final dress, the upstairs bathrooms flooded no. all the way down to the wings. <gasps> wow, wow, wow. I personally think he messes things up when there is a lot of strife or fighting amongst the production. Ooh. Which there always will be because... Oh, fucking high school. Yeah. We've all seen High School Musical. I have not. I have not seen that movie. Oh. 
It's not bad. But from what I understand, there's a lot of drama. Yep. Um, side note, I learned that the entirety of High School Musical happens before the musical. Yeah. Okay. It's like a sports versus theater kid yeah. thing. And, okay. They don't want to actually put on the... the they got to the get their heads in the game. Yeah. They got to be all in this together. Indeed. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I ended up working as a technical director there after college and during a particularly tumultuous production, some of the girls came running and crying because something had turned off the bathroom lights and banged the stall doors open while they were using them. Rude. What a perv. Um, apparently those lights only worked for some people and never worked for others. I was one of the lucky few that the lights in that creepy-ass bathroom always worked for. Okay, so this is a straight-up bathroom ghost. I guess, yeah. Everything's coming from the bathroom. Um, and it seems to be the girls' bathroom? What a perv. Yeah. It's, my God. Uh, I'm probably a high schooler. High school boy. Who can blame him? Oh. Curiosity. Yeah. Um, but I'm not here to talk about someone else's experiences. Ooh. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. Well, you have our attention. Uh uh, one of my own, but one of my own as a student. My boyfriend and I were working a Saturday morning children's show and had been focusing lights in the catwalks. Oh yes. I love just tech stories of like, I never did wings. tech. I don't have this, but. I didn't do tech, but there was like one time where I was like playing around with a spotlight and that's. You like, felt very powerful. I did. <laughs> um, but like being up in the catwalk sounds very cool. Um, I was always too vain and wanted to be on stage wearing the costumes. <laughs> that was me. Um, I'm too loud to be tech, basically. Yeah. Um, do, 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 we were on the catwalks. We were the only ones in the theater, and I had already been startled by the life-size cutout of James Dean that someone had moved to the catwalk just to scare me. <sighs> Love it. So we are done, and we are heading down the many flights of twisty stairs. It goes landing eight steps, landing eight steps, about six times until you get to the last flight. That is a long run of metal stairs, about 15 in total. I was wearing my oversized black jinkos. Hell yeah. <laughs> I loved Hello 2005. <laughs> Incredible. And of course, I was walking on the hems like a cool kid. Yeah. Uh, She's going to eat shit. All you cool teens that are trying to bring back wide leg pants. Stop. Stop because you don't. It's cultural appropriation. It's cultural appropriation. Also, you don't know the pain of always having wet pants because yeah. they're dragging in the muddy, muddy ground yep. all the time. And ha- and the like hem gets torn off so that it's like a weird like cut up. <laughs> we created a better life for you and you're throwing it away. We chose skinny jeans so that we wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, so just find a happy medium, please. Um, anyway, Jenkos. Uh, so, of course, I was walking on the hams like a cool kid. Suddenly, I hear my boyfriend say, Run! I just saw Fitz in the prop room! <gasps> Gasp! So, naturally, I start bolting down the stairs. I was jumping down most of them, slipping and sliding all down, down all the sets. I get to the final long set, and I felt myself slip and start to fall backwards. Yikes. Ooh, I remember thinking, Oh, shit, this is going to hurt. And then I felt a hand in the middle of my back You're push kidding. me back up to standing. Aww. Thanks, Fitz. And suddenly... I'm I was, sorry I called him a perv. 
I'm not. That is pervy. Um, <laughs> and suddenly I was stumbling forward on, on the stage floor. I never touched any of the stairs. I don't know how I got down without cracking my skull open. I was center stage by the time my boyfriend made it down the stairs. There was no way it was him. Something saved me from getting seriously hurt. I have no idea if he actually saw fits, but I do know something saved me. Mm. Cool. This would not be the only time... Weird mouth sound. This would not be the only time I had, I have had what I think is a guardian angel to protect me. From the time I was in the womb and my mom thought she was going to die and an angel told her it would be all right, to the time I was driving too fast and I got the seatbelt alert for my passenger seat that forced me to slow down and avoid a crash. To all other questionable things I did in theaters that I should have. Do you get that? Like, like there was somebody in her passenger seat all of a sudden and it had like a mass. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, this is long enough. I have a few other haunted story, theater stories. And send a them in. And a townhouse story, too, that I will send in at another time. Love the show. Hope you enjoyed my little experience. Hope you feel better, Kate. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody, I'm doing pretty good. Damn near normal. Yay. Still have to do dialysis. Still haven't done bariatric surgery yet. That should be in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year after that, I should be able to get a new kidney, and this mess can be over. Woo-hoo. But yeah, nothing else is happening right now. I'm okay. Uh, a little depressed, admittedly. <laughs> really, really, really need a break. And yeah. I can't get a break because I'm the thing I need a break from. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, no, I'm okay. Uh, I'll be okay. Thank you, everybody, for keeping me in your prayers and thoughts. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to tell me you want a kidney. I will put you on the spreadsheet because uh, I am going to need that. <laughs> uh, but not for another year or so. So. Mm. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, you want to be done? Uh, yeah, we have two patrons to thank. Oh, yeah. hot dog. A thing that we do. Patreon.com slash this podcast is haunted. Uh, we have a new Patreon. Uh, I always call them Patreons, which is not the technical word. We have a new patron. Uh, Pat McDermott, who I know. Thank you. Oh, cool. He's uh, a friend of my brother's. Uh, Aw. Yeah. Your family's so fucking supportive. I know. My sister listens, but like. Also my brother's cool friends. I don't think Maggie's given us any money. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Hey, Maggie. Love you. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Pat. Uh, um, also, uh, thank you, Emily Lowry, who uh, edited their pledge up a bit. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. That's Very so generous. kind. Um, I always blows my mind when you not only bump it up the, to the $3 but like even further because that is you don't get anything extra. But we are but our endearing and everlasting love. Very support. much so. We get to keep Danny employed and keep the show going, and we're very grateful. It means a lot. Um, if you want to check out the the videos we make on Patreon, they're very silly. Uh, we did craft time. Yeah, uh, my craft is right behind you, yeah. underneath the garbage, which doesn't look good. It's not a great look. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually pretty pleased with how it turned out. Yeah, but I think uh, we're planning something especially spooky for Spooky Month. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, head on over and check us out there. We would love to see you. Um, and you, we have social media. Um, we're Join trying, us in the group, nicest trying. group on the internet. Yes, that one is a pure delight and joy. Um, so, Run by Tiff. Tiff, thank you for everything you do. Exactly. Yes. Uh, until next time. Yeah. Stay spooky, motherfuckers. 